Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about improving the odds of success with high-priced fertilizer. And out first in today's country comment, we'll hear from Protein Industries Canada CEO, Bill Gruel. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Bill Gruel, CEO of Protein Industries Canada. So this week we made an announcement. It's a, it's a smaller announcement from Protein Industries Canada. The project's about a million dollars, but uh, it's, it's a really critical piece. It's looking at the extraction of protein from sunflower meal. Uh, traditionally, sunflower meal is used in some lower value markets like livestock feed. This is a project aimed at extracting a higher uh, percentage of the protein out so that it can be used in higher value human food applications. Tell us about the uh, companies involved here. Yeah, there's two companies here. One is uh, is based out of Winnipeg, Burkon NutriScience. Some of your listeners might uh, might know that company. They've developed a lot of really exciting technology around the extraction of protein from crops. They um, they actually do a lot of work with merit functional foods, which I think maybe many of your listeners may know. The other company is called Purcell Fine Foods. They're based out of Waterford, Ontario. Uh, their primary function is processing of sunflower seeds and canola and a, a number of different products that they uh, sell as ingredients into food production. So they've got a bit of a base in cold-pressed sunflower oil extraction. And so this is aimed at increasing the value of that co-product meal. Talk a little bit more about sunflowers and, you know, just the, the protein that's, that's mm-hmm. you know, available there. Yeah. You know, sunflower, it's been, it's been this chicken and egg crop in Canada, right? Like, we, we want to produce it, but the processing isn't here. And so we, we tried to increase the number of production acres in hopes of getting processing. I think this is an opportunity if we develop a really good value proposition around the extraction of sunflower protein that we can increase the amount of processing and therefore support production. The protein in and of itself is really interesting because it's, um, it's, it's highly nutritious, it's got a neutral flavor, and it's very good applications for, for human food uh, market. That was Bill Gruel, CEO of Protein Industries Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Farmers in southern Manitoba are facing some tough decisions with standing water in many fields. John Hurd is a soil fertility specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. With the drought in a lot of the area last year, it left a lot of excess nitrogen in the soil. And we were counting on that as being money in the bank. There was a lot of soil sampling being done. And we usually anticipate that that is, is going to be there, ready for use this next year. And farmers were planning to, you know, adjust their, their fertilizer rates accordingly. And now with this amount of rain and potential flooding, People are starting to get a bit antsy about that. Like I say, that was that was money in the bank. And now they're a little worried about how much of that might have been withdrawn. In 2021, Canadian farmers returned more than 6.2 million small empty containers, up 12.5% over the previous year. Barry Friesen is Executive Director with Clean Farms. So we're pushing 80% recovery of all of these containers. And it's for every uh, every 10 containers that go out, we're getting almost eight of them back. That's really good. But having said that, our goal is to get 100% of them. 
and uh, and that's not unheard of because you look at uh, some other programs, they're getting 90, 95, sometimes even 100% of the containers in other, other types of materials. Uh, so we're hoping to do the same thing. And Burke on NutriScience and Pristine Gourmet with a co-investment from Protein Industries Canada are coming together to leverage Canada's supply of sunflower seeds in a project that will determine how best to extract as much protein as possible from the crop. Currently, Canadian sunflower protein is primarily used in livestock feed and pet food. Protein Industries Canada is contributing $250,000, and the partners are contributing the remainder of the $973,000 of the project cost. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, April 27th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the chair of the Alberta Barley Commission. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler focuses in on Alberta's Project Agriculture Program. Today, she talks with Tara Sawyer, the chair of the Alberta Barley Commission, about the free online education program for teachers and students. Now, Tara, what we wanted to focus in on, of course, is the Project Agriculture Program. Now, your group is is part of that program. To start with, maybe tell us why it's so important to be involved and really what it's all about. Alberta Barley is is, uh, involved in Project Agriculture with uh, some of the other major crop commissions. So Alberta Wheat, Alberta Canola, Alberta Pulse. Um, and we are collaborating on the expansion of the initial project, which was originally constructed by Alberta Milk, Egg Farmers of Alberta, Alberta Chicken Producers, Alberta Turkey Producers, and Alberta Hatching Eggs. We um, we noticed that there was a little bit of a, of a gap, um, and that's where we wanted to fail, just on, on the crop sector. So that's uh, that's how we got involved. Is I mean, we obviously we felt it was important. I mean, the whole purpose of project agriculture is to provide eccentric curriculum tied supports for teachers to present in their classrooms for students to use as resources and projects and so we wanted to make sure that um, we could be part of that to help you know be part of the teaching on how western canadian farmers produce food and and bridge that knowledge gap It really is vital because we've heard time and time again that uh, a lot of people today don't understand, don't have a clear understanding of where their food comes from and how it's grown. That's it, exactly. And, um, you know, the goal of Project Agriculture is to, like I said, it's to provide those opportunities and educational support. And it allows teachers, students, even parents, they can explore a variety of agriculture themes, the topics, and different issues and challenges, both on a local and a global context. So the best part of it is it ties to their curriculum. So it, it like the, the section that we are um, we're collaborating on is, is new modules, uh, and it aligns with the junior high and the senior high studies and science topics. You know, so it's it's very practical and it's coming straight from a producer source to really explain and, and get interactive for these students and just really anyone can go on there. But it's great that we can tie it into um, school-based curriculum for the students. And what kind of a difference are we seeing? Uh, what kind of feedback are, are we seeing from from the teachers and, and the students, I guess? 
Well, overall, I would say, I mean, it's a huge help. I mean, teachers, this is a great opportunity for them because, I mean, for teachers, that's that's an area where we have, you know, tools ready for them to just be able to implement to their classroom easily. And if you look even on the website, um, you know, when students do different projects, they have a spot on there where they can actually um, submit, you know, their projects to be featured on the site. So, I mean, it's a great tool and it's it's getting the kids involved and, and really touching a lot of the key topics to help educate them and that they can also then turn around and they can go home and explain to their families. We know that there is a divide between um, the urban population understanding what we do um, and this is a way to get it taught in the classrooms and have it be, you know, true um, informative information. And when you have all of these producer groups collaborating together to share that information, um, you know, it also lends, you know, credence and, and, and you know, the information you're getting is, is accurate, right? It's, and that's one of the key things when uh, we're talking uh, about trying to bridge that gap between urban and rural is making sure that everybody has the information, the factual information on what we do and why we do it. That was important to all of us. And so this, for us, this inf- in- initiative, um, it couldn't be more relevant to us and a way for us to engage with the consumer you know that's why all of us really wanted to be a part of it and in our opinion it's the best investment in a youth education program because of how it's accessible for everyone because of how it ties into a curriculum and how it's flexible to integrate into a classroom and and you know an entire industry collaborating is a great stepping stone to bring in awareness to our entire sector and you know my hope is that it also brings them awareness of the different groups that they could contact if they want even more information. It's a great program, you know, which is why we're trying to share it at various teacher conferences and and professional development sessions to let more and more teachers know about it because the youth that are coming in, if we can educate them and that's information they can take home to their families and share it, it helps with all the misinformation that's out there Quite frankly, I hope it also inspires some of them to get into the agriculture field and recognize that there's more to agriculture than just the farming aspect. It's great that we're teaching them about all these different forms of farming. Um, And, you know, hopefully it it sparks some of them to have another look at agriculture and all its opportunities for them. And most importantly, it explains them where their food comes from, how it is produced, why it's the way to produce the way it is, and the different ways it can be produced. the topics covered in, in the Project Agriculture curriculum are really just key topics, but, but, but just, they cover everything. It's a, great, it's a great program. I'm really proud to be a part of it. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? Just that, you know, at Alberta Barley, you know, we, we do think it is important to invest in youth education programs. And so we're really proud to be part of this one. Um, it's just another building block to connecting um, with our consumers and having an opportunity to build awareness of our sector and, and really accurately explain 
Canadian agriculture and Western Canada, and, and in this in this instance, um, you know, we're focusing, of course, on the crop sector. That was some modules we thought needed to be in there, um, and we're just really, really pleased at how well it, it complements the existing program. Tara Sawyer is chair of Alberta Barley. We've been talking about Alberta's project agriculture. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. A workshop entitled Start Your Grazing Plan will be held May 3rd at the Brookdale Farm, north of Brandon. You can register on the Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiative website. Another workshop will be held May 5th at the Ericsdale Community Centre. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. The sessions begin May 4th and conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. The 2022 Spring Farmers Market Coordinator Gathering is being planned for May 13th in Winnipeg. The gathering will include workshops, lunch, solution mill, as well as time to connect with fellow coordinators. Get all the details with Direct Farm Manitoba. And Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a Fence and Water Solutions Workshop June 1st. The cost is $30. You can register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, Dr. Don Flayton, a retired professor from the University of Manitoba, spoke recently at Keystone Agricultural Producers Spring Advisory Council meeting. He talked about improving the odds of success with high-priced fertilizer. We've had tremendous increases in commodity prices. Crop prices have increased have increased dramatically over the last uh, 12 months, and so have the um, input prices like uh, phosphate fertilizer, nitrogen fertilizer, and and these have increased the um, rewards for proper fertilization, but they've increased the penalties for over fertilizing. So things are getting um, a little bit riskier in terms of the overall uh, picture. And to compound the fertilizer and uh, picture, we've got this inconsistent sort of level of drought stress across Western Canada with parts of Manitoba and certainly large parts of Saskatchewan and Alberta with very dry soil moisture conditions. And that has a huge effect on crop yield potential. And a lot of farmers very hesitant to um, jump into an expensive investment in fertilizer if they don't have good moisture reserves. So we've regarded this as sort of moving to the high stakes poker table and in order to, um, you know, sort of straddle those risks of either over fertilizing and wasting money on fertilizer or under fertilizing and and not capturing your yield potential. We're trying to just reinforce, help people to fine tune with what we call extra careful, you know, application of agronomy in general and of course nutrient management. And so this comes back to the strategy we've been talking about for several years now, the 4R Nutrient Stewardship Program. It's just more important than ever in looking at the right rate, source, time, and placement of fertilizer. And I'm sort of trying to coin the phrase here, is we're looking at the extra careful formulation, the EC formulation, given the risks associated with over-fertilizing or under-fertilizing. Um, we have to be especially careful 
with our fertilizer programs right now. First of all, with respect to the nitrogen fertilizer, uh, we have to consider that um, we've got higher than normal leftover amounts of nitrogen from last year's crop. Because of the dry weather conditions, crop didn't re crops didn't reach their yield potential. They left a lot of nitrogen fertilizer behind. And there's a very large proportion of Manitoba fields that has more than 60 pounds of nitrogen per acre and some that are over 100 pounds of leftover nitrogen per acre. And that's a very important factor uh, to consider. Uh, one of the things that, that can affect is the choice of an appropriate crop for a field. And if you take a look at that residual nitrogen and then you start thinking about, well, how much is my fertilizer investment in this crop? There's, there's crops that require large amounts of fertilizer to, be, um, to reach their optimum yield and there's crops that don't. So where nitrogen is low, we're recommending you know, selecting legume crops or low input crops, things like soybeans, lentil peas, flax, or oats. And then where you're high, we've got high nitrogen left over, look at non-legumes, you know, um, and medium to high input crops like canola, wheat, and corn. And one of the precautions we want to keep in mind is agronomically, you know, putting a legume like soybean in particular on a high nitrogen soil not only wastes the nitrogen, but in the case of soybean, also increases the risk of iron deficiency chlorosis. And uh, you don't want to mess up your rotation by going into a high nitrogen field with flax if it's after canola. Flax doesn't respond uh, very well to that type of crop rotation. So there's still some basic agronomics to consider, but selecting the right crop for a particular field based on its leftover nitrogen could be a strategy to help you know, optimize um, your investment in fertilizer in a year like this. The rate game, though, does have a lot of cards in play. There's a soil test, nitrogen credits from previous crops or manure, crop need, your yield goal, the nitrogen cost, agronomy, and then there's a wild card from last fall. We had these terrific uh, volunteer or regrowth type of uh, crop cover, cover crops showing up that could take quite a bit of nutrient out of the soil as well. So. Let's just talk about these again and just highlighting that every time we have a drought year in the northern Great Plains, and this is from the Ag by Soil Testing Lab in North Dakota, but the, the nitrate levels jump up after the drought years and that's because the crop's not using the nitrogen. So there's lots of leftover nitrogen in the soil that needs to be considered, but you have to go field by field with a soil test to find out. And here's just a map of sort of the average levels of nitrate nitrogen left over in the field. And we can see that in Manitoba, for example, uh, it was central Manitoba that had the largest amounts of leftover nitrogen. Maybe I would say this area is probably the most affected by the drought last year. So the most uh, leftover nitrogen. And if your field has more than 100 pounds of nitrogen left over, that's, that's certainly a good signal that you don't need to add as much nitrogen as you would in a normal year. And so here's just outlining the, the, that we've got anywhere from 20 to 40% of Manitoba fields with more than 100 pounds of N per acre left over. And at today's prices, that's at least $100 per acre worth of nitrogen that needs to be considered. That was retired University of Manitoba professor Dr. Don Flayton speaking recently at Keystone Agricultural Producers Spring Advisory Council meeting. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A pressing issue for farmers right now is nutrient availability and potential nitrogen losses from flooded soils and how this will impact fertilizer decisions. John Hurd is a soil fertility specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. 
I think there's a number of agronomists uh, who worked very closely with with the farmers to establish these levels last fall are going to be doing some uh, targeted sampling. I was sampling at home last night. I'm able to push a probe in three feet so I can start doing some sampling, just, just checking to see of what was there last fall, how much is still there, does it warrant me changing my plans or not. And Clean Farms is reminding farmers to recycle empty pesticide and fertilizer containers. Here's Executive Director Barry Friesen. There's typically a high-density polyethylene 10-liter container is the most standard size containers, although sometimes they're smaller and sometimes they're a little bit bigger. They're used to contain liquid pesticides and uh, micronutrients and fertilizers and the like. In 2021, Canadian farmers returned more than 6.2 million small empty containers, up 12.5% over the previous year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.